Hey guys, welcome back to the another episode. Today we have author of two books and a mother, Miss Richa Mukherjee. She is very kind and she is full of humor. So before we get into the books, uh, please introduce yourself, ma'am. So uh, basically, I have been uh, in constant motion, <laughs> uh, pretty much uh, you know a whole part of my life because uh, my father was in uh, was in the government service and we used to move from city to city. So I think the only constant for me was uh, books because I had to keep making friends over and over again. So whether I was uh, changing schools or careers, basically I have uh, been a journalist and I have been in advertising uh, after my MBA for about uh, say twelve odd years. And uh, through all of that, reading was a constant. Of course, uh, when uh, there are other interesting things. Hello. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Audible. Yes, yes, currently. Yeah, so there was, uh, uh, you know, teenage hormones take over the reading. So for a long time, I wasn't reading, and there were other interesting things to do, and you know, being out with friends and partying, and this, that, and the other. But uh, I uh, always used to write poetry, you know, more than writing novels or anything. I used to write a lot of poetry, very unfortunate sounding poetry, might I add, because my father used to travel a lot. So I used to write these four, you know, rhyming lines every single time he was out. and i used to continue writing in my journal but uh, the novel came about actually much later on my uh, maternity break which is when you must have heard a lot of women take to writing so um, that's when i started as well and honestly speaking ironic at that point in time i didn't uh, you know people think i make this up whenever i'm doing these interviews but the point is i honestly had no intention nor did i even plan that i would ever have a book out you know it was something that i wanted to just get out because there was so much happening around me i was in my maternity break and there was a you know like a virtual circus happening around me with you know advice and bawling babies and this that and the other and i've always had a sense of humor in the way i look at things to make it more palatable you know when you're in a situation you just look at things a little differently so that's what i did as well and whatever was happening around me i channelized onto paper and uh, it, it sounds like i planned it out but it in about 8 or 9 months the same time it took for me to produce my actual baby i was done with the book and it was just done and dusted that's why that's and you know it it actually sat in language there for a long time till i met ravinder singh and happened to so i wrote for toi india times of india the writing uh, the writing platform so okay. i sent in a story there and i was in the top 10 and i just happened to you know this is what they say that whenever you know destiny needs to find you where you are supposed to be and things are meant to happen they do because just on a lark i remember i was traveling that day and i had to push myself to go for that ceremony and i just went i happened to meet him and i said look i know it must be terrible that's what all writers tell themselves that but can you do you want to take a look at it and he looked at it and then harper collins came on board and that's how my first book happened so it was called uh, i didn't expect to be expecting and it was a humorous take on pregnancy so that's what the book was about so that essentially in a nutshell is uh, how the first book came around okay like the way you speak and the way you wrote i can imagine both are like almost 100% similar <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly so you so unfortunately you know what happens is um, you know first books are always autobiographical in nature but i never accept this in interviews because i know once i went for this radio interview and the rj asked me that she was like you know so who are these characters and you know this mother in law and this that and the other 
like a fool i went around and i was like you know i was very inspired by my own mother in law but you know this that and the other and i did this whole confession not realizing that my mother in law would eventually hear it so <laughs> i heard a massive earful at the end of it so yes i mean you know it draws from real life for sure but uh, yeah then you mix it around so first few books tend to be like that my second book kanpur khufia private limited which you read uh, clearly is not based on anybody in my life but yes it draws from the fact that i am from kanpur and uh, i haven't been back uh, since i was a child and but you know there's a lot of memories from there and uh, you know the way what i've absorbed growing up you know as part of what's happening in the house the culture so all of that kind of trickled down into uh, the characters and how they behave you know on a daily basis so those nuances came around uh, uh, you know from my experiences as a child yes that's true but uh, like the obviously we will come to our the latest to book but the my question sure. is from uh, writing the last book like i am expected hmm. to be and the hmm. completely transferring to the another genre like hmm. how do you feel how do you write to about to think like completely to genre so ronak that's the whole thing you know so uh when you start writing so it's very i don't know whether it's fortunate or unfortunate but i've got i i am not a gemini i'm a sagittarius but i feel like like there's these two people inside me so half of me writes very serious poetry you know that dil tootne wali you know mai aur meri tanhai kind of poetry which you know sab dard nikal diya that kind of poetry and the But other half grouping. of me always yes yeah, seriously utna acha nahi but you know i write a lot of you know really sad you know sad poetry and cathartic you know poetry and the other half of me always always looks at things in a humorous way you know so uh, there's always a tussle but what comes naturally to me in a long format has always been humor right so when i started writing uh, i didn't expect to be expecting happened but if you see the commonality between this the first book which is also contemporary fiction and the second one which is a thriller is that that humor is a constant so what the second book helped me do was that while it was still humor it was it also uh, you know helped me put a foot in another category another genre which is obviously thrillers and mystery uh, you know there was a big tussle when we were uh, deciding the positioning of the second book because they said uh, that it's a thriller and i said i told harper collins i was like no it is not a thriller it is a humorous thriller you know because the slotting that mentally people do you know when you talk about another genre altogether is you know they start thinking of similar books in that genre and this right. somehow you know i felt that it was always somewhere in the middle so while some people have told me ki, you know um, you know i i didn't want to uh, i didn't want to mislead people so this is in a in a sense somewhere in between humor and fiction so the commonality to your previous question how is it that it's two what you know what was the transition uh it was very hard um writing it because i am a massive consumer of uh, uh, you know thrillers and detective series and crime which is like a worldwide trend right i love watching it but what you what i realized was reading it and watching it on netflix is so different when you're trying to create a plot right so it was very hard so i don't know the the story chose me that's something that you know i keep feeling that from when i move from one book uh, topic to the other somehow these different kinds of stories you know reach out to me and uh, somehow or the other because i gravitate towards humor that seems to be a common thread but the genres keep on changing for example the third book that i've i mean i've finished the first 
draft and you'll always hear this that the first draft is the crappiest thing ever <laughs> so yes. i've just finished my third book and that is a completely different so everybody was like oh okay now you'll start writing thrillers i said aisa kuch nahi hai you know some you sometimes you just never know what the next one is so again right. humor is a thread and my third one is a, another contemporary fiction story between a mother and a daughter uh, who don't get along and they have to take some kind of trip together and things happen there you know it's like a comedy of errors and this that and the other so honestly speaking i don't consciously choose it while i know i'll have to write an installment second installment because i've created a franchise out of kanpur khufia uh, the the genres i'll let them you know pick me i think initially humor will be a constant but the stories i guess will just keep picking me okay so netflix binga watching is the root cause of your book <laughs> oh it has to be seriously so i i you know i tend to so my daughter unfortunately so i don't let her watch much so i'm an absolute hypocrite because we we don't let her watch much of you know tv and but she knows that at the end of the week you know we will there'll be two three hours when you know mama and papa will disappear into the you know their room and they'll they'll pretend like they're not watching but she knows that you know she's Now she knows what Netflix is. At five and a half years, she's like, "Mama, no more Netflix." So I was like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> so yeah. So, but you know what? Ronak, consuming a lot of this stuff, na, it really helps. So every time I'm writing, I surround myself with that kind of content, and it really helps because you know it gets you in that frame of mind. So it's not that it's mindless watching. So sometimes my viewing is dictated by what I'm writing, because if you surround yourself with that kind of stimulus, you know, it helps. Yes. it always yes, helps you true. charge your mind yes that's true like completely true but the the obviously i already i read the book but my question is whether you hmm. already plot come like whether you already complete plot or you go with the flow like how you do it okay basically um there's uh, there's structured writers and there's intuitive writers there uh, obviously what i was saying was it depends on the genre as well so all your uh, crime thrillers sci-fi these kind of genres tend to require more structure so there are people who have you know i visited their homes with some author friends and their room looks like some green room back end room of csi miami you know because there's these small small chits you know every scene is plotted out you know there's there's not just a uh, there's not just a plot there is a chapter wise breakdown and there's post its and notes around each so that kind of structure and uh, there are others who will just do a broad outline and uh, you know follow that so i honestly tend to think that i am somewhere in the middle i started off without a structure uh, and without creating an outline but what i've realized with every book is that it's it's you know it is like it's a spine it's the spine of your story if you do not know broadly where you're going somewhere along the way you know it your story is going to lose form just like it's missing a spine so broad outlines are very important but what i do is what works for me is uh, a broad outline and then i write within that so a broad outline is very important for me like uh, if for kkpl 2 and for kkpl i know what i'll have to, for kanpur kufia struct uh, it's more important for me to have the ending in place and then write backwards that's also a method some people follow but for example this third book which is a story about the mother and daughter i let the end be dictated by after i finished the book because you know you can when it's a story about just you know relationships and people and this that and the other it all depends on where you want the characters to go and what you want to say in the story 
but because it was a thriller and this that and the other in thrillers i had to change my way of approaching the structure so yes net net structure is very important but how detailed the structure is and how detailed your plotting is depends on the genre yeah okay so like uh, uh, adding to this answer like what do you hmm. think which is the one important thing about any book or about your book hmm whether it's Sorry. cover whether it's plot whether it's character um i honestly think that so if prioritize prioritize then what will you put it in the top and put it in the bottom okay so i think i'd put the story right at the top okay uh then i would honestly put the title and this has come to me with the experience of that i've had over the last three books and then i would put uh, the cover so basically uh, the title i think uh, because there are especially contemporary fiction you know literary fiction ka there's a different channel completely it goes to festivals you know and then there are enough people who will write about it and there's it follows a different kind of promotion and the passive, the book goes through a you know a different structure in terms of before getting to the reader because it's written about widely for contemporary fiction your best chance at grabbing that attention is because it is the reality of the trade that contemporary fiction sells best online and at airport stores and at the retail shelves where there are you know you you are sitting and battling with 300 titles uh, your best bet is just grabbing attention uh, with a title so it i think title plays a very very key role and your you know that blurb the blurb and your your back page blurb which is a synopsis of the story and the title is very very important because it really grabs attention especially in the contemporary fiction space but of course uh, if the plot if the basic plot in the story itself uh, is not grabbing attention then it's going to fall flat in on its face in the first five pages and if somebody has bought your book and you've caught their attention and then you're disappointing them then it's horrible right because then they'll make sure they'll come on your page and write crap about give you a bad review so <laughs> the story is very important but yes the the title which i'm currently really struggling with for my third book uh, is very very important as well <laughs> so like we are talking about the plot and writing so like what is the one hardest thing about writing uh there are many hard things ronak honestly <laughs> but the hardest thing is that uh, you know it is a very isolating process so while you are there are time there are days when i really really enjoy it there are days where you are uh, your own judge right so when you are proposing and you are disposing at the same time it becomes a massive tussle between your brain and your heart because writers are indulgent you know you're writing uh, and criticizing yourself at the same time so it's almost like you know you're in some madhouse right. where you're creating characters out of the air it's all fiction and you're constantly trying to tell yourself that don't worry whatever you know insanity you're writing somebody out there is going to appreciate this story and somebody is going to you know you know identify with what you're writing with so just keep at it and then the next minute you know you're just like oh my god this is terrible so you know i think it comes uh, very naturally to 
right but at the same time criticize yourself so much but you have to know where you know, to draw the line and pull yourself back so it doesn't kill your motivation to you know complete your story so i think that is the hardest part that it, that you know initially it's easy also because when you are writing your first draft you know don't have to sell it to anyone you're not trying to think of the readers you're trying to think of getting a story out so that way it's good because there's lesser noise but at the same time it's a double edged sword because you are you know sitting there writing and you are constantly you know writers are self flagellation experts matlab karo bhi and you know you criticize yourself all the time so i think that is something constant which is a battle that's always going on mentally and uh, yeah i change my expressions according to what's happening in my face so sometimes people think i'm mad but uh, yeah so that's hard okay so like before we move ahead uh, i have one question about your life uh, what mm-hmm. is the biggest ups and downs in your life um as in any are you saying in my writing life or in life in general life in general life in general um well i think um, i wouldn't call it a down but uh, i was on a massive high uh, as far as you know my career was concerned i was i you know i've always been rather i mean at the at the expense of sound, sounding uh, uh, you know vain i've 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 always been good at what i've done and i was doing very well in my career and when my maternity break came along at that point in time i was peaking at my career and you know for a while i thought that it was an absolute setback so i do remember being in the doldrums and i know lots of people will identify with this because i've spoken with lots of people and uh, i think there is a correlation why people start writing you know when they take that break is because uh, there's so much going on and you have uh, you know you're at, you're at the confluence of so many decisions and everything changes after that and it depends on how much support you have so and to cut it short that was one part of my life which was very tumultuous and i was just like you know where was my life going and where is it now but having said that if i hadn't taken that break i mean i continued working after that but if i hadn't taken that break i would have never started writing and this book would have never happened so it was a uh, uh, you know it was and Estimate. it was a problem for me yeah but it it became an opportunity and obviously ups and downs continue i try to keep myself positive but yes as a as a writer everything that happens affects you so i mean i don't talk about this much but obviously there was a there was a bereavement in my family last year where i lost my mom so uh, for a long time i couldn't write and then i honestly think that uh, the last book which has done so well uh, she wrote it for me so that was a major major juncture in my life which i still haven't recovered from but i honestly dedicated my second book to her because i know that i didn't have it in me um and she completed it for me so basically ups and downs uh, really affect what you do as a person as a writer everything and because we tend to write about emotions and all of you know you're putting all of yourself onto paper it tends to come out so yeah i mean i have the same ups and downs as any other normal person would but i've tried to you know take them in my stride like anyone would as well yes uh, definitely like so let's get into the latest book so what is your hmm. book about uh, please tell the like new audience who haven't read it okay so uh promotion phase on thing <laughs> whenever i'm talking about the book no so i mean it's very close to my heart basically it is the story of uh, an intrepid oily head detective 
as soon as you know you you think of detectives and you know perry mason and these smart men walking around you know sherlock holmes this that and the other you know all these images come to my head but this is this sweet enduring little man from kanpur gualtoli who has this one dream of becoming india's most or i mean he doesn't dream that but he just wants to be uh, you know a, a very famous detective not he doesn't want to be famous he just wants to be a great detective who you know helps people as much as he can and he's intelligent he's sharp but uh, he's always had this one passion unfortunately he doesn't have the support of his family a typical family in up who wants him to i mean father wants him to go to iit and you know mother's not happy with what he's doing either because she thinks that this makes him a laughing stock but it's a story of this guy who follows his dream and i think a lot of people have identified with that is because at the core of it we're all chasing something desperately but half of us you know lose most of us lose steam along the way because it isn't easy to do so he wants to become a detective he you know does every and uh, the great part is his his wife understands his ambition so she oddly going against all you know expectations of what a wife should be doing she is helping him run the agency and uh, you know life is chugging along business is not that great people still laugh at what they do but he keeps his faith and one fine day a case lands up a simple seeming case you know a seemingly simple case lands up uh, um, in at their you know uh, at their doorstep and that is the beginning of this whole uh, crazy roller coaster ride because they get involved uh, unwittingly involved in a case an abduction and a murder of an actress um, uh, you know an erstwhile actress and then the, they get implicated in the crime and how they exonerate themselves and how he um, you know staying true to himself he solves the murder and that's how the, he becomes famous and really actually realizes his dream through the uh, you know through gualtoli right up till bombay so that's where this entire story setting is uh, that is in a nutshell um, what the story is about you know sprinkled with the earthiness of a small town yes oh, i already read the book so i know every bit of it exactly but I, I, <laughs> <laughs> i'm just waiting for the second part oh so that is already pakoing in my head <laughs> so yeah i am i have started kind of plotting that one out so i hope it doesn't so, disappoint yeah. so, like, so i guess the second book is like much more appreciated as compared to first so like how success feels to you after success second book oh it feels great see um just like you will never get the definition exact definition of a bestseller from anyone is the same way uh, you know it's uh, the the definition of success i mean i really don't know if i'm successful all i do know is that the uh, my uh, the second book has been uh, is more in the limelight because uh, it also got picked up for a screen adaptation and uh, that yes, is a big honor for sure because uh, sorry Uh, yes i know i was i was going to ask you about it <laughs> yeah so basically i think uh, so from the numbers and unfortunately you know you, you'd love to think that array you know you sit in one corner write your book go hide back in your corner and throw your book at your publisher and let them do the rest but unfortunately you know and you know it's people like you who help i mean what books programmers and you know the book reviewing communities community is doing is you know helping the word get out there because it is as much the responsibility of an author now to you know you know drop their jholas and their shawls and get out there and push their book as much as possible 
so uh, you know it's it's the necessity of the hour so i've been doing that for both but what has really helped the second one is somehow it's got so the first one was about you know i mean i mean in my head and from the numbers i heard it did pretty decently but the second one suddenly i somehow you know i think it caught the imagination of a lot of people that there's this small town guy and somehow stories of small towns generally are doing well right now right it's everybody wants to know the you know it it just seems to be uh, a trend and uh, then a detective coming on so that's what the endemol people said so i recently met her uh, you know the lady at who picked up the book um, at an event recently and somebody was asking her that why kkpl what what prompted you so she said you know this is something uh, this is the kind of content which is you know which is from the heartland of india but which can go international you know because at the end of the day people's motivations are the same they might speak a different language and they might look a certain way but it seems like that enduring quality about this character and the life he's got around him and you know how simply he wants to just do what he wants to do and he's not faced by anything so that kind of caught the imagination and it being picked up uh, by endemol helped but uh, yeah it's it's good it fe- it feels great for it to be recognized and people talking about it but uh, i keep telling myself that my that is just a bonus what i need to do is keep my head down and uh, churn at least two three books out a year otherwise my uh, i'll have my husband to face because he's told me that he now wants me to become a book factory and just keep churning books out <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like uh we are uh, we are about to end the end this episode sure. but before we end uh, what's uh-huh. your motto in life um now there are six seven eight mottos flashing <laughs> in front of my eyes but uh, honestly speaking um now you're making me choose ronak now i want <laughs> to sound very profound and everything but the one thing you know that comes to my mind it might sound a little odd and negative and a little simplistic but i keep thinking and telling myself if at any point in life that this too shall pass because whether you are i know i don't want to sound philosophical but what i what what it means to me on two levels is life is transient you know the good times will also pass the bad times will also pass pass so the best you can do is make merry you know when the times are great and when times are not that great just you know dig your head in the sand let it pass do your best and then leave the rest up to god because there's not much else you can do yeah that was pretty philosophical but i hope it helps <laughs> yeah that's true so i would like to end this conversation with one of the funny question uh, okay. as you are so humorous so tell us something that nobody knows about you oh my god everybody will think i'm a freak but uh, okay so i have a problem i don't know if anybody's heard about this but it's called misophonia okay misophonia have... you heard yeah i heard but i don't know exactly oh my god it's terrible ronak basically misophonia is this aversion it's actually so i had it for years and only 2 years ago i figured out it's a medical condition so i'm officially kooky so basically it's a condition where if you hear it's an aversion to extremely loud sounds and specially chewing of food so you can imagine <laughs> even my poor nobody is spared okay whether it's my in-laws whether it's my father whether it's my family my poor five year old daughter sitting and chewing in the table if anybody is eating a papad oh my god 
<laughs> I can shoot through the roof. Yeah. So it's a very, very odd uh, problem to have. If somebody is, you know, if I'm working out in the gym and somebody just bangs the, you know, the gym weight down, that's it. I mean, the poor guy is going to be out of there in five minutes because I'm just going to scowl so hard. So now you know. If I'm seen walking around the city scowling, it's not because I'm in a bad mood. It's because I've just heard a loud sound. <laughs> no, seriously, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> no, seriously, it's a true condition. Just read it, <laughs> and I have it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So everyone who is listening to this, I will put the link of the book in the description. Do check out. It's like one of the best book I came across on the. thriller mystery humor and so so on and obviously oh, the see, second part you. the second part is coming soon maybe 2020 or 21 no ronak i have to get it out fast of 2020 <laughs> okay so end of the 2020 yes so you, and this is going to be on on the screen also so before it goes on the screen make sure you read it you enjoy it and i'm definitely you going to enjoy it so thank you so much for this Awesome conversation. Thank you, Ronak, and congratulations on reaching uh, reaching ten thousand on your Insta followers. Keep the oh good work God. going. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs>